Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here coming at you live from my upstairs room. Whatever. A um, little bit of housekeeping today. You know, come some random stuff. It'll be a random episode. Uh, not too much going on. I mean, there is stuff going on, but nothing really. But I want to kind of do some, you know, a little bit talking about what's Ancient Aliens, the you know History Channel stuff. I've been watching The Curse of Oak Island. I think I talked about it before. I, I dig The Curse of Oak Island. Doug Hendo out there digs The Curse of Oak Island. You know, everybody. And what Curse of Oak Island is, is they got this island up in um, off of Nova Scotia, Canada. And there's stuff buried on it. And there's treasure and things. And they don't know. They know treasure was found, but they speculate there is still more to be found that was buried deeper because they never got to it. Total Indiana Jones stuff because it was booby-trapped, right? So now they've been trying to dig. And for 200 years, people have been digging ever since they stumbled upon the first chests. And they believe those first treasure chests were like pirates, but the reason the pirates went to this obscure Oak Island and everything was that there was supposedly a treasure put there previous. And speculation is it's a Knights Templar connection and things like that. So it's real Indiana Jones stuff because for 200 years they've been tracing, chasing this treasure. The problem is it was booby-trapped. And the early searchers tripped the booby traps, which totally ruined the ground. And they're trying to dig because it, the booby trap pours seawater in. Now, you know, it goes all the way back to President Roosevelt was on the island before he came president looking for treasure. He was a hunter and, and all this stuff. So for years, guys have been looking for it. And early, early on, when they first found the first piece of treasures, they believed it was like pirate stuff. The pirates were using the islands because the pirates would sail the east coast of the U.S. and they would go all the way up to Nova Scotia there and they and they believed they hid like from the Brits or the French or whatever, or Spanish, there's all kinds of things. So in doing this, people found it. Then they started digging because it was said there was treasure even deeper from previous and now they're talking pre 17 you know it's like 1750 is around the target timeline they're looking at but it might be earlier than that because they found artifacts on this island that go back to europe to the 1300s and some of them actually go back and mirror knights templar stuff so they believe there's a knights templar connection francis bacon things like that so now they're getting close. They're using all modern techniques. They're spending millions of dollars, these two brothers um, from the U.S. that own property on the island now. And so they're digging it up. And there is what they believe as well, an artificial swamp. They think like this was actually two islands and it was dammed and created into one island. And then if you look, the swamp has like a Freemason thing because it's a triangle pyramid shaped swamp and it has an eye up near the top. Well, what they started doing with the money they have is seismic, you know, so they're setting off thousands of explosions around the island to map underground. Like I said, they can't dig because the seawater pours in. There's it, there's a lot of contamination. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, locations are, you know, muddled. So these guys, they're looking in it and while they're spending a ton of money, you just can't basically dig out the entire center. 
And what it appears is that the original treasure stuff goes down below 100 feet because they've been finding things at like around 150, 160 feet underground. But these are all with boreholes and different things that are small, right? They've tried some like three, four foot uh, casings and we'll put it down there. But mainly they do a lot of seismic drilling, pull up things, they do the core samples, they check, and they're finding things in the core samples below 100 feet. So Curse of Oak Island's like, you know, it, it sucks you in with the repetition, but it's all the little things. It's all the things really that don't add up. And it goes back to like the ancient alien stuff because ancient aliens will reference Oak Island all the time. So I was watching ancient aliens today and they talked about a reference to Oak Island because they were looking at carbon dating. And the nice thing with Oak Island is this has an archaeological, uh, yeah, I can't say archaeology anymore. Um, there's there's an uh, archaeological background to it, if I'm saying that right now, because my brain is broke. Um, you know, there's a scientific element. Anything they find, they have it tested. They bring it to universities. They bring in experts. They do all this. They're really good at hiring the right people for the job. They're really good at anything they find. If it's out of place, no matter how small it is, it goes to a university and it's tested. I mean, they found a lead cross that goes back to the 1300s and they can tell you the lead from this cross was taken from a lead mine back in the day from France. You know, they'll find uh, bones and they'll say, you know, they found some bones at like 160 feet underground, human bones. And one of them was European. One of them was Middle Eastern. Okay, so they think slaves and Templars and, you know, the Crusades. So now they're getting closer. They're, the, the, the main element has been the seismic, right? So they're using the seismic charges to map underground and find places they can dig, and it's starting to bear fruit. So they also have ship's logs that talk about, you know, from fleets that came over when the British took over uh, Nova Scotia, and the French, and then they brought a fleet. And, you know, so there's things in the fleets that said, we hid stuff here. And this was a previous, we hid stuff here thing. Uh, you know, one guy came in this week and, and said, they found what they call, they call this thing, it's on a beach, Smith Cove. Right on the water, the beach, they dug down, they, they um, coffer dammed the cove, got rid of the water, and they started digging in the bay. And they found a structure underground, and they call it the U-shaped structure. Well, one guy uh, came in, an expert, a military expert from Annapolis, actually, and said that structure is a coastal artillery battery. And they used to make an artillery battery out of it. So they were guarding something while they were making it. Because this is kind of a weird island that... Um, there's a slipway, so now it looks like from all the previews that they're actually uncovering the tunnel that goes underground. And by a tunnel, I'm not talking like somebody dug a hole. They, like, reinforced it. They built it. They, it there's infrastructure there. There's there's construction, like huge, huge amounts of construction. So if you're not into it or something, man, the Curse of Oak Island is really kind of cool. And, and I think they're getting closer to, to actually uncovering stuff. And it'd be interesting just to see if people were bouncing across the pond, across the Atlantic Ocean, a lot more often earlier than we realized. I mean, history is actually, 
they're finding a lot of old stuff that, you know, the, the deeper we go down, the, the, the more they're finding things that aren't supposed to be there. You know, like they found the hammer out of Texas. They're talking about that hammer down in Texas that's, you know, supposed to be where they found it, how they found it. The fact that the wood handle for the hammer is is getting coalified, right? So it's turning to coal. It's petrifying. The things are changing. And what they're saying is this isn't like a prospector's hammer because what's happening to the materials is things that happen over a hundred thousand years, not over a hundred. So it's 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 neat, man, to see all this stuff and, and to see them trying to take the modern scientific approaches and going back and forth and in looking at stuff, you know, and and it's how I mean with lidar nowadays and all this. Look what they're finding in South America every day. There's articles that they're finding more and more uh, cities under the jungles of South America because LIDAR is burning through it, you know, so that radar and everything that we're using is really good and, and they can penetrate everything that's, you know, the, the the canopies and all that to get down to the dirt. And then they can see the, the disruptions. Uh, they just found a settlement in Poland, right, that might be older than Stonehenge and some things. And so they're finding all kinds of stuff because guys are hooking LIDAR to a drone and flying it around and saying, hey, look, there's something here. So it, it's cool stuff, man. I, I'm in, I'm into it. Uh, quick uh, qu- up, yeah, couple updates, man. That was weird. I don't even know what that did. It did nothing. Wow, my thing's all messed up. Odd. Anyway, so... um. The uh, couple things, the prime group buy offer still up and running. It looks like the numbers are going to be there. Everything's going good. There was a couple things going on with the prime stuff. People felt, well, gee, they're never going to make their numbers. I'm not going to buy because I don't want to have my money come back and wait for nothing. Well, it looks like the numbers are there. They're totally on track. Um, you're basically going to be able to get this prime ammo for a dollar fourteen or less to a dollar six or whatever the numbers are. Um, good stuff there. So thanks everybody who's been stepping up for the prime. If you're on the fence, man, it's, it's going to happen. Jump on it. You're going to get ammo really, really cheap. You know what I mean? It, the, they're, they're, it, and I'm going to give a shout out to precision rifle blog. They did a really, really good article on it, uh, uh, the whole thing. And, and they broke it down from a couple different standpoints, looking at like the cost of reloading six, five Creed. The, the, I guess there's a couple sites out there, and I haven't looked. I haven't been that curious with all these different things, to be honest with you. But when you do read it in one place, it's like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. But I guess he had a breakdown in there, and I might be off a little bit, but not much. That if you were reloading six five Creed more with your initial investments and what you're buying and the times and everything, and and I honestly think you have to consider your time when you're reloading, because to me, my time is valuable. You know, so they're saying it's about a buck 27 around if you do it yourself. Okay. What you're paying for, you're paying about about a dollar thirty-five to a dollar fifty, a little over that, about a dollar thirty-five to a dollar sixty, sixty-five around, depending who's you buy and how you buy it and what's going on. But if you're reloading it, they're saying it's about a dollar twenty-seven, might be a dollar twenty-three. It's in a let's call it a dollar twenty. Okay. So and 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 guys, 
when I'm like, I just want to clear one thing up because the last thing I just had to go through a bunch of bullshit with some assholes who can't listen. You know, if I'm doing a stream of consciousness and I'm throwing some shit at you like numbers and stuff, dude, it's not written in stone. I'm just pulling crap and it, I might be off, a, a, you know, a foot per second here, 10 here, two there. It, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of putting a broad thing out as a general audience. I'm not making these like demonstrative statements of fact, you know, I'm, I'm not scripted. I'm a stream of consciousness and I just kind of go hundred miles an hour. And half the time, I don't even remember when I said it 10 minutes after I said it. So give me a break, man. Think big picture and don't freaking try to boil it down to the DNA of something and say, well, you said the DNA was made up of these components and you know, you got two of them wrong. It's like, fuck dude, give me a break. So anyway, so we'll call it a dollar twenty. The U.S. prime is a dollar fourteen. The Swedish prime is a dollar six or something, seven somewhere in there. You're getting a significant diff discount, and it's going to be moving forward. So there's one of those things that are happening. Um, so definitely take a look at that. Uh, another thing going on, uh, Ashbury with the Sniper's Hide Ashbury Rifle. Thanks, everybody, who's been buying them, who's been interested in them. Uh, somebody won something. I'm not even 100% sure what it is. <laughs> Here's uh, the Sniper's Hide Rifle, and I guess there was a giveaway, and there was something. So I get this stock in the mail this week. Fucking, oh, I got to rant again. Ready? Uh, I'm going to like, ah! UPS, your head so far up your ass. So I was getting this speaker in this thing so I can plug the guitar into the computer a different way and I wanted to do some stuff and get some sounds and be able to record and, and whatever. But I had gotten this um, kind of Kickstarter speaker that they're going to do. It's almost like a Bluetooth speaker for a guitar that'll interface with a computer and then allow you to hook your phone to it. Because the big thing nowadays is like playing along. You know what I mean? So you can basically put iTunes and hook your phone into your speaker instead of your amp. It's an amp. You know what I mean? Give me. I, see, I said speaker instead of amp, but it's an amp. And you can plug your phone and everything and it'll connect to the computer. And then you can play your like a, a song you want to play through it. So the band is playing behind you and then you can play along with it. But it does a whole bunch of stuff and it was kind of a Kickstarter thing. So it was shipping, and it was supposed to show up. It was out on the truck. I had the live map, the whole thing. Never shows up, and I'm like, whoa, what the hell? It didn't show up. And then I'm supposed to get all these other packages today, yesterday, actually. None of them show up. I call up UPS, and they're like, yeah, you know. Um, at first, they tried to tell me one thing, and then it got like they hung up on me when I'm like, well, wait a minute. I paid for second next day air. I paid for next day, like next day air. And it's going to show up three days late. So I'm like, well, wait a minute. I want to talk to somebody about that. Next day air versus three day. Well, now they hang up on me every time. And then the last one said they were going to call me back. Never did. Now it's five days. So five days late, my product showing up that I paid next day air for. And every time I call them up, they hang up on me when I say, what's the, where do I go now that you took my next day air tracking shipping and turned it into a ground, you know? So now, and, and then when I call again, this like, they told me they're going to call back in an hour, never did. And then they told me that it was coming today. It's coming Monday. 
you know, all this crap. So fuck them. UPS suck a dick. Um, anyway, I even I don't even remember where I was now. See, it changed my 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 line of thinking. I it, and it totally blew uh, what I was. Um, so with the, oh, so stuff that came in. Oh, so the Ashbury. Sorry. Yeah. See. That, I don't even remember friggin' two minutes from now. My brain is, is going, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting Alzheimer's or something. So anyway, this Ashbury comes in. So I get a, I get a package this, this week from Ashbury, and it's a Sniper's Hide Edition APO rifle, right? 1950. How do you beat it, man? It's Everybody's having such good results. Go look in Sniper's Hide. Go look in the forum. Go look at the APO rifle results, man. They're hammering, especially with the Peterson. You know, Peterson ammo and the prime, the, the prime U.S. is Peterson. The Peterson's Peterson. And the Peterson is like matched to the sniper's hide rifles like money. They're shooting sub half minute with the base package at 1950. Awesome stuff. So I get this stock in and I'm like, it's flat, dark earth and ice. It's all engraved. It's all, you know, it doesn't have any of the hardware or anything on it, but it's Cerakoted. And I'm like, okay, what's this? <laughs> I text Matt. Over at APO. I'm like, hey, dude, what's up with this? I got to sign it. So whoever won this rifle, they're having me sign it. And then they're going to clear code it. I thought that was pretty cool, man. So anyway, I'm going to be signing your rifle. I got it here. I'm going to silver, not silver. I'm going to black Sharpie it for you. I think I might fine point it and not make it too crazy. I'm not sure I'm going to do it yet. I got to look at it. I got to map it out and, and figure it. So um, I wanted to get to that, and then um, I'm going to go into some of your user comments. I'm going to have to back up because you guys have been nailing it. I went and looked at the stats a little bit. I'm just backing up. I'm going to go back two things, and I don't remember where I left off, and I didn't go back and listen. So if I skipped a few things, sorry about it, you know, but I'll, I'll catch up, and, and we'll go through some user comments. Today, like I said, today's going to be a bunch of housekeeping things. Uh, that are going on out there just for the weekend, get you going, give you some everyday sniper podcast and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to, the weather's actually changing pretty well for a couple days. So I'm going to be out doing reviews, checking on this stuff, doing the Arkin thing. The Arkin guys are being smart, man. They're all over sniper. See, some of these OEM guys are, uh, I got two things to talk about before I get into the, um, the comments. So the Arkin, the $500 scope, that 4 to 16 that I'm doing with, it's 500 bucks, right? So guys are buying them, and, and it looks like it's working out really well. I tall target tested the one here 100%, not even like 99.2. It was 100% for a $500 Chinese scope. I mean, it's good. One guy got it in the magnification ring, the, the little screw that holds the ring, the power ring part where it tells you what magnification, it was loose. So he just slipped it back, tightened it up, and it's kind of working and stuff. Arkin jumped on and was like, nope, you know, send that back, or, or you know, we're going to send you a new one, give us that one back. We don't even want you to deal with it. So they're doing some really good customer service stuff. Um, Tucker, my, one of my mods on Sniper's Hide, ordered one from Amazon, and it came in from Amazon, and the box was messed up, and there was a little uh, dent in the objective on the bell where you would thread the sun uh, shade in. This was on the six to 24 model. Um, he opened up the box and, and there was this, it was almost like a thumb size, like barely like the, the width of your thumb, not even that much. My thumb, not a big guy's thumb. 
Um, the, you know, it was small, but it, you could see it in, in the sunshade wouldn't screw on because it was a dent, like in shipping or something. Replaced. New one's going out right now, dude. And, and so they're, they're being smart. And initially, and here's, here's a kind of a word to the wise. A couple of these guys have, and on the site, they're calling them shills. And yeah, but they have some like sort of generic marketing companies or something that are putting out like generic article data stuff. And it was like, ugh, it was like this big monster, you know, a typical sniper's high dog pile. And, um, you know, it, 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 it turned into something, but then I came on because I did that tall target test and I put the video up and I said, Hey, tall target test and blah, blah, blah. Here it is. It's a hundred percent. So guys, you know, with that, we're buying a couple of them. Everybody has bought them any, like two of them had two minor things. One was a loose screw. One was a, a, a little dent in shipping. The dudes were Johnny on the spot to replace it. Okay. And that's kind of the power of a sniper's hide form when you have these companies. It's kind of why I tell people, you know, don't go for that gotcha. Don't go after these companies and don't be dicks to them that way. Because like when they're on the hide, you know, everybody wanted to dogpile on this optic because it's a $500 optic. But it's a bunch of guys who see a need in the, in the industry to bring the price down a little bit with a higher quality scope that has the zero stops, the better reticles, you know, the 34 millimeter, all that stuff that you don't normally see in a sub, say, $799, $600 scope. You don't see a lot of those things. And then you're always flipping a coin with reliability, with tracking. You know, the glass uh, might be okay. Well, these guys, you know, really put some money into the spec, but went in a different way. And it, and it looks like it's going to work for them. I'm going to do a little bit more, which brings me to the next thing I'm playing with because something just came up today. So I got the trigger cam and I mentioned this a little bit. The trigger cam is that through the scope recording device and it's currently available through box to bench precision. It comes out of South Africa. It's like 500 bucks. Um, and it's, it's a small little self-contained, you know, uh, recording with Bluetooth to your phone. So basically, instead of having to put a cage or some kind of rig to put your phone on the scope and to shoot it, you just slide this unit over the back of your ocular, you shoot through it, it's recording and can see what you see, and now you got that video. Well, it goes to your phone. Well, when I first got it, it wouldn't pair with my iPhone 11 Pro. But then my Android, it worked no problem. So now they did an update yesterday and I tried it today with my iPhone and it works great and you still get the good quality. Like the picture is fantastic because you're using the recording of the phone. You can record it self-contained. You turn it on, then you can hit the button a second time to turn the record on, hit it again to turn it off, or you can record it through your phone. Basically hit record on the phone in the window that they use with the app and then it'll record phone quality that way. It's like one quality through the unit, the phone's quality, Bluetoothing it. So good product, man. It looks like it's cool. To me, it's small, it's simplistic, it's metal, it's good. It's got those different um, inserts for your different size scopes. You just find the insert that's really good. It's got a single screw on the bottom. And I found if you kind of pair that insert right, you don't even need the screw to do. You can almost put it in the middle 
where it'll still come off, but it goes on pretty hard. And just the way our scopes are, it, it's not, it doesn't hurt anything. You know, it, it works pretty well that you could just kind of jam it on there and it'll stay in place, you know? So to me, it's going to be a better thing. And I'm going to go out this week and try to do a few through the scope videos for you guys, do a training lesson that way. So um, the trigger cam is up and running with the iPhone 11. No problems with uh, the, the uh, Android. And the company was super responsive. I got it in the mail. I fired up my iPhone. Didn't work. You're, you know, the, the, the pairing didn't work correctly and the app was crashing. I told them I had a WhatsApp them in, in Africa. Talked to them and said, hey, dude. And, and that's the beauty of WhatsApp, you know, because I could talk to Argentina. I could talk to Germany. I could talk to... Um, South Africa. And so I, I, I had a WhatsApp conversation with him. I told him what I saw, what was going on. I told him with the, hey man, it works great with the Google, you know, the Pixel, no problem uh, with uh, Android. And he, he, they're like, no, 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 we're going to do an update right away. Boom. Here it is. Uh, about a week maybe from when I mentioned this. I don't know what the timeline is. So that is up and running for anybody who's keeping score. Those guys did a really good job with that. All right, so let's go into some of these questions. I think I might have answered. Um, yeah, I did answer that. Great interview. Blah, blah, blah. I think I answered that. Taylor laughing. Blah, where are we? Homeless friggin' Steve sign. Will fundamental stickers and patches. Like uh, awesome podcast. Amount of knowledge available. So what is this? ABCD. Awesome podcast. The amount of knowledge available for free here is crazy. And the random alien Sasquatch musings keep it hilarious. Totally, dude. The ancient alien. I'm telling you, they're prepping us. The alien shit's going to blow up big. And and hopefully it blows up big before I'm dead. But man, I think it's going to blow up big. Aces and eights guy here. Uh, that's rich. Hey, sorry about the two different usernames. Yeah, he had a, like an A and eight and then blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, I started listening to your podcast on another app, um, you know, uh, but he's bumping the numbers regarding rear bag. So they're talking about the rear bag episode. And then he's posting here again about the rear bags. He goes, I look at rear bags like a holster. Good analogy. Anybody who has carried a firearm for several holsters in their drawer or has several holsters in their drawer. Some may never be used again, but there is always one or two that will be used for a specific application that works well in a match setting. Uh, what works well in a match setting due to weight probably isn't an uh, ideal rear bag for trekking, um, uh, you know, on the side of 10,000. Right. So basically what he's saying is what you use in a competition, you're not going to go hunt an elk with at 10,000 feet. Absolutely. And that's the big complaint, like with the guys in Africa, the sheep guys and the guys who got to back country it. They're like, no, we're not carrying that. You know, while it would be an awesome, useful bag to them, it's too heavy. So like with the cold tax stuff, he sent me a variety of his bags. Um, you know, uh, the Armageddon gear with the go light and all that stuff. There's that variety. Look at these bags and look at the context of their use. Um, basically, so yes, they are getting expensive. But in comparison, we are talking about a $100 bag in two to $10,000 rifles. I say, let's, you know, I say buy it. Right. He's absolutely right. So we have a $100 bag and everybody's like, God damn, I'm paying $100 for a bag. Yeah, but you're using it to accurately shoot your $5,000 rifle. So what's $100 worth to you to get the hit with your $5,000 rifle when you can't go prone on a bipod or whatever the case may be? So yes, good justification. 
Ryan Bowers, Jesus, he's always there, man. Just leaving a comment for the upcoming year. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, what do we got? Ogre here. Uh, hi, Frank. Of course, the Millennial Falcon is not going to respond the way it should or you think it should. It's a heavy freighter. I didn't think about that. I was hoping it would like friggin' fly like a Porsche, Porsche, uh, you know, or but no, it's a freaking freighter. It's it, it's it's driving a, a van. So it sucks. Um, it's a totally a large drunken cow. That was the Millennial Falcon. Okay, MP today. Frank sent you a message on the hide about helping the hide, something like that. A uh, really great podcast. I enjoy every episode and something each time. Mike's back. Mike was back. Saw Mike yesterday. We had a meeting. Oh, okay, so more house cleaning. Spoke to Mile High. We sat down. We mapped out the new year. I'm going to, if not today, tomorrow, start putting all these dates out on Sniper's Hide, right? I'm going to put all this down in the training section, or I may put one on the Everyday Sniper section as well. Alaska's dates are in the training section. There is a subsection of the Sniper's Hide training area. Training areas where anybody can post classes and things like that, okay? In that area, there is a subsection at the top. That's Alaska Precision Rifle. You'll see all of that. On top of that, Treadproof classes are on their website. And there is going to be specific LEO classes that are going to be less for those guys. We discounted the LEO classes, okay? So we understand, man, to, to get you guys there, we got we to gotta reduce the money and everything. Um, we're, we're, we're taking a hit. But the what we're doing is the way we look at it is if I can fly out there and do a civilian class, I can take a hit and do an LEO class at the same time right after it, you know, because I'm I'm not doubling up the trip. So we were able to give you a discount for the LEO class for the tread proof. And honestly, guys, if if you're East Coast, if you're in that area and in your command will if come on, snipers hide, hit me up, man. I will write a letter for you. If you need something spelled out as to why, okay? Again, we're looking at the post credits and everything because there there is a um, LE component. Uh, Doc is a sheriff down there now. Um, with the post accreditation in Tennessee, we need to just have somebody on site who certifies that we're good and somebody will be on site, no problem. And then um, we got to have a quiz at the end, like a test, right? We'll call it a quiz. And at the end, there's got to be a quiz. That's pretty much the requirements. And so we're going to get you guys credits for that stuff. But um, get a hold of me. I may go into the Sniper's Hide has a dedicated private LE military section where if you guys had to bounce things off of each other, you can do it without everybody else looking at it. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't go too crazy because, you know, you know how it is. It's the Internet. But I do have a private forum for Ellie and military. I'll probably jump in there and put some dates and things like that for you guys. But if there's a question, if there's a way to help me help you sell it, don't hesitate to come to me. Okay? Come PM me on Sniper's Hide and say, hey, dude, I want to go to my command and I, I want them to do this. But I need something a little bit more than what's there right now. Okay, cool. Let's work on that. You know what I mean? Let's make this, let's change this dynamic. Why should you keep getting this incestuous training that hasn't changed since 1992 
from the same people who are still telling you to forget about a rear bag and calling it a crutch to try to teach you an offhand shot, you know, as if you're going to take an offhand shot, you know, that way. Let's kind of bring it in and we're looking at it as a modern, practical approach to Ellie marksmanship, okay? We're not doing, you know, craziness shit. We'll do drills and stuff that'll get you going. But at the same time, we want to give you a good, solid foundation. So uh, the tread-proof stuff is up and running. The mile-high stuff's ready to go. It'll. I don't know how long it's going to take them, but mile-high is going to put it up on the mile-high shooting outdoors. Mile-high shooting outdoors outdoors.com website that's where those dates and understand this guys because this question came up this week as well mile high classes are just found at mile high alaska precision rifle classes we have the facebook group and then there's the page on sniper's hide you get alaska precision rifle information from mark okay i think it's like Alaska Precision Rifle Training at gmail.com. Don't quote me, but it's pretty close to it. But it's it's like Alaska Precision Rifle at Gmail. I think. I'll look it up. I have no, I got I got them have to put post-it so I can remember all this crap. It's all getting spread out now with these classes going bigger and badder. But my my 2020 season is about 90% done. I just gotta get with Altus and see what their schedule looks like if they're still good with that. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard from Mike and everything at Altus. I just got to get that kind of put into the queue. But man, this schedule is full as hell right now. Some of the, like, it looks like May, June, and July. I basically, I'm doing three days home. I Oh, I counted up for sure May or May and June, and I only have seven days total at home. Crazy. Um, so, okay, let me get back to these questions here, but yeah, if you have training questions, man, definitely hit us up, get a hold of Wiggy Alaska, Mark up there. You can call, make, make a phone call, man. He's sitting there in his office, you know, five days a week, six days, whatever he, he works, uh, uh, Wiggy's Alaska in Anchorage. Ask for Mark. Cause if, 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 if a woman answers, it's probably Tina, his girlfriend, but, uh, if a guy answers, it's probably Mark. At, you know, get a hold of Mark if you want the Alaska stuff or if you want to talk tread proof or something like that. He could talk to you. Um, good. What do we got going on? Uh, so really great podcast. So Mike, where you been? Mike's been around. Army dog was going to ask the question, but after four brandies, it's gone. And then I asked him what flavor brandy was he drinking? Brandy can mess you up, man. I've had, a, I've had some pretty wild buzzes on, um, uh, brandy. Army dog, he's like, what the fuck, was Mike on vacation? Kind of was, wasn't he? And Mike, Bigfoot, you know, Mike, uh, regarding Mike's win calling. And there I thought I was a good shooter. Now I realize it's just Mike being a stud win caller. Yeah, Mike was taking monster credit on the win calls. But you got to think about it. We're giving students the win call. You got to take some credit for it, right? Glad you guys are effing back. Thanks, 800 horsepower. Jack Mason Malcolm. Man, he got, got three names. It's Jacko. Jacko Mason Malcolm. Frank, tell me what hoops I need to jump through to win a scope. Yeah, I did mention that, huh? Um, I got to do that, and I will do that. Uh, I just, 
need to get my head friggin' straight with all this crap going on. I, you see, stream of consciousness, if I don't remember saying this, and everybody wants to hold me to like, a, a, you know, one line of a 50-minute conversation. It's like, dude, yeah, okay. He needs a rifle scope. Mike, same situation, studying, just brought home a second kid. Now my daughter is a handful, and the only one to take care of her. Disciplining sucks, but it's worth it. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Either talking all video games and stuff. Uh, MP2 Day, no doubt, Frank. It's always been my experience. The more shit people talk, the more they're full of it. Yeah, I'm not going to get into those rants. Everybody's laughing at stuff. Looking forward to the um, the uh, Mark V HD. Here's a, I got to qualify something with. Yeah, the Mark V. Go back to every podcast in with Mark and talking about the Leopolds that went down because this came up and this fucking again it's people being assholes and, and so it's a great kind of thing with one line he's saying you know the people who talk crap and then the next line he kind of comes in and says about the Mark 5 the Mark 4s we talk about all the time the Mark 6 and stuff the Mark 8 that was an issue you know what I mean more money didn't write the Mark 5 I've always said from day one was a good scope companies can make Three one three scopes that aren't great and have one that's fantastic. Okay, then he brought up this, and I got rid of this guy. He brought up something about Elite Iron Bipod and Atlas. Dude, I like a lot of things. Yeah, my Elite Iron's right here. I'm using it. I don't know what that was talking about. The Atlas is fantastic, right? I mean, and, and the more and more I use the Victor Company tools on the Atlas, it's kind of breathing new life into them. You know, because not everybody likes the pan and they can't get the tension right. Well, if you get a Victor Company tool for your Atlas and use that to tighten it down, it, it kind of brings it to a whole new level. Really easy. So kind of consider that. And, and the Cal has been fantastic and doesn't have any of that issues. The, the Thunder Beast is good. You can like more than one thing. A company can make 10 scopes and eight of them are shit and two of them are great. Okay. There's, there's, there's the varying degrees. Somebody was, you know, like with the Savage, it's like, okay, so we don't see problems with accuracy, but we had rails coming loose. Okay. We had a bolt that messed up. We had that one that had the, the, uh, the, you know, the AR 15 stock with the super short MDT chassis with a Magpul bipod on it. And then, you know, and it was really, really hard to shoot and didn't work well for the student. So we took it from them and gave him a different one. Well, then Savage comes around, sees this. They, they have a change. There was a, a sale at Savage, dude. New company now. Um, and so new people come in. Now the guy has more ability to do things how he would do it, being a competition guy. So then they go from these little short stalker chassis to the big ACCs. And they fix things. They're addressing problems we're noticing. But that's not to say, I mean, yeah, I may say, yeah, I'm not going to buy one. And, you know, if you want to buy one, it's your money. Go ahead. But when somebody comes across and says, we see an issue, we see an issue, we see an issue. And then we applaud them for fixing it. That's not us being two-faced or whatever. This guy accused me of being a hypocrite or something. It's like giving somebody an outlet to address an issue is a good thing. Okay, to be to say, hey, we saw this scope wasn't tracking right. And then the company goes, try this one. Hey, man, that's great. That one's working good. This is good. This is good. Well, then how is that hypocritical to give somebody that ability to adjust it? 
Anyway, so that that came up because there's now that this thing is popular the way it is, where the, you know the trolls are chasing me. So now I've noticed the trolls are coming in and chasing me all over the site. They're coming onto the app and they're chasing me, and I'm just blocking them and getting rid of them. So if you want to troll me, like in a totally ridiculous way, if you want to come up and have a normal discussion, if you want to come up and say, "Hey, man." You kind of said A, you kind of said B, you have me conflicted. What is it or where do you, can you clarify it? Yeah, I can clarify my, my position. Absolutely. You know, and, and people have said that. People have come up to me and told me it's a lot, it's pretty easy to read something and to feel I said it harshly or to say I'm being blunt and I'm coming up or I'm not doing complete sentences because we talk in tr- Twitter, you know, mode we're we're used to this shorthand of texting we're used to the twitters in these things so anymore now complete sentences are a thing of the past okay full thoughts it's almost assumed now that you understand the context of something or you understand you know the entire scope of what's being talked about with the podcast people have said well, yeah, now we can hear sort of the context of your conversation. We understand a little bit more of the background of what you're saying. So that changes sort of the message that's going out there. You know, but then you still get people who are harping on one line of one thing out of a 50-minute conversation. It's like, what did I say? And they're like, well, you said that. And it's like, yeah, but I also said A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You're asking me about K. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm sure I did say that. But I said that in the in the middle of all of this stuff. So that's all. So uh, uh, let's see. I'd like to hear you guys talk about wind. I know I need practice. The hard part is the range is rainers, which I'm pretty sure I remember Frank saying how difficult the wind is. When the wind sucks is 15 left to right and everyone hold this point to right to center, I have experienced the passion of that. Hopefully it helps me. Yeah, I mean, go back to the win, the win episodes, dude. You know that's where the believe the bullet comes in, where you because the way ranges are, and this is terrain. What you're talking about is localized terrain because wind moves. I have Windfinder apps, and Windfinder apps are awesome. Okay, because the airport is right near the range, so there's a station there. And like I use Windfinder Pro, there's a bunch of them. And they'll show you the prevailing winds. They'll show you big picture and it's visual. It's It moves and it shows the wind and what's going on. It gives you miles per hour. It gives you all that. So when you see these localized things, flags going one way, flags going the other, flags going this way. Well, that's where the believe the bullet comes in. You basically got to go, oh, well, you know, and when, when you have a range that's cut into terrain and there's a problem with that terrain causing eddies and weird flows around it, try to set up in the middle, okay? Because that's going to open up and kind of push those eddies away. But believe the bullet, man, that's that first round is telling you 100% what you need to know to get the hit. So... Just listen to what it's telling you. Oh, we got Rick Sears here. What does he say? You need to get a small video production company. I, I've thought about opening a video production company, but you know what? I'd have to sell Sniper's Hide, and then I'd open one up. 
So I'm just, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm working really hard right now. And he's right, man, but I'm working, and, and I'm talking about this. I got clust, I got to get a roll off and start throwing a bunch of shit away. I got to get some of those um, review scopes out and start raffling them off to you guys. Not raffling them, but giving them away to you guys. The scopes I know that have been sent to me for review that I'm never going to use again. You know what I mean? And it's like they're here. I need to give them to you guys like I have done in the past, but I need to do some more of it. Um, all right. So <laughs> I like <a>, Mike who? <laughs> right? He's back. He's back. Uh, I like when you told the marathon guy he sucks on the form. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I, I'm sure I did. I tell everybody they suck. Um, Frank, any update on whether the sniper side cup will happen next year? Yeah, the cup is going to be, it's in the RTC, uh, group, um, the, uh, rifle team challenge in the Pacific Northwest. We're part of them because Clint and Carl do the RTC. They host it where the Karstetter is. It's on the calendar. It's up there and running. It goes through Carl Taylor's thing for registration. It's up and running as part of the RTC. RTC does have a Facebook page. I don't know if they have any other page. And to be perfectly honest, I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but I want to say June 22nd weekend. So Sniper's Hide is going to be happening. I'm going to throw in some gambles, man. If anybody you are following some of the dramas, and I'm not going to bring it up. I, I Honestly, I don't give a fuck what they do. They're a bunch of idiots. Um, but anyway, I'm going to throw some gambles in. I honestly, I'm going to give a little bit because some of these comments are just yes, no, hi there. So here's the thing with, uh, with, with sports. I think gambling is a big part of sports. I think taking a risk and going for it is a big part of sports. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're just right there and you blow it. I mean, think about like the NASCAR guys out there. And I know the drivers hate it. I know this, ha- but it happens. Okay. You're leading the race. You've been leading the race all day. You got the most laps led. Two laps to go. Tire goes down. You just lost all that, which is why they added stage points, right? Because guys were tired of leading laps and then their finish was not reflective of their day. So they split it up to give them points. So they have the three stages now. You can win stage one. You can win stage two. You can win stage three, which is the end of the race. So the guy that wins stage one may not win the end of the race and may have had something happen during stage two, but at least he got some points. So I think I'm going to go like the last. I'm going to have everybody's last stage maybe be a gamble. How many points you want to risk? You know, you're going to hit points. But then you can gamble them away or you can keep them. You know what I mean? And here's the decision maker on a gamble, dude. I got coins in my hand. Got, I, I got money I made. I got one shot left. Am I going all in? Or am I walking away with what I have? Think about like television, think about sports, think about the direction these things go. How many great touchdown catches have been taken away because of a penalty, right? What's something that's on TV every friggin' weekend? Poker. They're televising us watching guys play poker. 
Because there's risk involved. There's gambling. What decision does he make? What does he think his hand is going to do against the other guy? That's a sport. What's huge right now? What's getting bigger? What are they filling stadiums to show? Video games. It's on TV and it's out in venues where you can go get a concert ticket to watch kids play video games. It's over a billion dollar industry already, esports. Well, you know, what keeps people engaged with a sport? It's drama. And I don't mean the drama like he indeed and got away with it. I mean the drama of decision making, the drama of risk versus reward, the drama of a guy who moves, right? It's the individual's journey. It's the individual's drama that got him to where he is that may either keep him at the top or knock him down a little bit. It's what keeps conversations going right? On Monday morning quarterback, that is all to discuss, right? That's a, that's a phrase. Monday morning quarterbacking what they did. We're talking about their decision-making. It's not like if, if every target is meant to be shot at and if you miss it, there's no risk other than not getting the point. Well, then there's really no point in not shooting at everything you physically can. There's no reason not to. But if you have to think about it, because in real life, right, if you're going to hunt, hunting season, everybody's out there hunting and doing stuff. Police officers, all these different, everything we're talking about, everything we do with a rifle, we have to make a choice. Do you take that shot or do you not? If I'm a sniper... And I'm in the military and we'll go back old school and I'm set up in a hide and friggin' unit comes through and stops in front of me. I got to decide, is it worth me to take that shot and expose my position or should I just call in the artillery and get the hell out of there? Okay, there's decision making in that. And that's what I want to see is that decision making. So, yeah, that's my that's my comment on the guys who are following. And I was bored. I honestly really didn't give a shit, but um, it was something to talk about. Give me the skinny on Z, uh, Zico compared to a Schmidt and Bender. The zero compromise is better, um, and the zero co- and the PM two shouldn't be twelve hundred dollars more. Uh, you're looking at old prices it, if you're unless you're looking at a different model. I don't know what model because there's a lot of models, but Robot Doc, the zero compromise is probably other than you, it, you'll put it online with a tangent theta as far as looks. But I think the zero compromise is, is, is a super easy decision. You know what I mean? Um, the PM2 is old design, dude. But there's different models. There, You can get a $6,000 PM2. It's a completely different model. Where If you're talking 5 to 25, you can get those for under 3000 now. And if you're, if you're buying one over 3000 you better really look hard because you're spending too much money. But um, a PM2 is a great scope. I'm running the shit out of them right now. Again, you know what I mean? Everything's good. I pulled a bunch of my old ones back out, put them back on. Um, but the zero compromise is money, dude. That You're, you're never going to lose on that zero compromise, and, and everybody's going to be oohing and on on you. I saw a used PM2 for 48 on the hide. I don't do, but that could be a 3 to 27 high one, which costs $6,000. I saw, it's like, you know, but Mike has a zero compromise for 36. Yeah. What PM2? There's 
5 to 45, there's 5 to 25, there's 3 to 20, there's 5 to 20, there's 3 to 27. The 3 to 27 has two models, one with 36 mils, one with 26 mils. There's a lot of PM2s, dude. They're different models, have different prices. You know, what are you trying to do? What are you comparing? Give me a break, Doc. I, what the heck, man? So anyway, uh, last two podcasts with Mike. He is the true Bigfoot. Nah, he's, he hasn't, Mike has nothing to do with Bigfoot, man. Stop talking about Mike and Bigfoot. Frank, are you a big fan of the spike feet for the Atlas? Um, I'm fine. With, I don't like spike feet in every context. I like spike feet in some, but I, honestly, I tend to not do spike feet that much. The smaller claws I'm not as bad with. The ones that have grip but aren't spikes. But sometimes to me, the spikes were balancing on those little points if you're on something hard. I, I kind of, I'm more of a fan of swapping the, the foot for a bipod to fit the situation than I am just saying do spikes or not spikes. Hang on, I gotta, I'm gonna um, give you, I gotta get a. I had to take a drink of my iced tea, man. I was getting blah, 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 like that. Uh, when it comes to the $500, $800 scopes, I can't afford to save that kind of What? When it comes to the five and $800 scopes, I can't afford to save that kind of money. I think that's a joke. <laughs> I'm going to call it as a joke. Hey, guys, live podcast. Good to hear Mike back. Uh, oh, I think he meant love the podcast. Like the Mark Fives, installed a couple on customer rifles. Personally, I'm waiting for the Christmas tree reticle from S&B. S&B has the grid reticle. That's their Christmas tree. It's called a grid. It actually... In pictures, it looks really kind of, uh, in person, they did a really good job on it. If you're into that and you want that heavy Christmas tree, the Schmittenbender grid, in reality, is actually pretty nice. Just in in pictures, you, you know, the, the drawings, because you can't show the, the different, you know, that the thick line versus the thin. So the grid actually doesn't look anywhere near. But I believe you can get Horace's in several um, uh, what do you call it? Um, you can get horse, uh, horse radicals in, in Schmitz. Mike's back. Mike's back. Uh, that was me asking it. it, it he, I, when I asked if Mike, if he was gone, cause he was being probed, he didn't answer. So I think he was probed. Happy Thanksgiving. To all you guys throwing another comment, Jim and Frank, you guys rock. Uh, dang, Jimbo, now I got to get a third case. Uh, I think the match pack would be a great idea. I like the idea of a match pack. Uh, what else we got here? Speed versus weight. I'm going to stop here because I'm running out of time. But, yeah, the speed versus weight is, is going to be a continued conversation, man. I'm telling you, speed wins, dude. You know? Little less weight, and and I don't mean you always have to go down. down. Like, this is that. This is the gun control thing, you know, where people go, Oh, well, you know, let's just give you a nuclear weapon. It's, you know, when they always talk about, let's just give everybody a hand grenade. And, you know, when they talk destructive devices, things that, you know, a, 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 the right to bear arms is something that a person can hold and carry. You know what I mean? There's a, there's, there's a thing on arms, um, you know, but then all these guys go to tanks, to jets, to nuclear bombs to grenade launchers, you know, things like that. And it's like, yeah, dude, we don't, we, there's varying degrees of when I talk about going a little lighter. Like for me, rather than a 140, my favorite would be like a 136. 
You know, I dig the 136. It's it's still got the weight. It's a little lighter. It's got a great BC, but that little bit, I mean, it, it's hard to tell somebody that that, that you know, four grains there, whatever, um, it, it, it matters, you know, so that's all. All right, guys, I've been kind of talking for a while here. I got to get some stuff going. Send your questions over. Get me back on track. Get me sorted out. What do you guys need to hear? We're getting near the end of the year, so keep bumping up those comments. Thank you for the comments, man. I think it's going to resonate. I think you guys are going to be rock starring it when it's all over. 850,000 downloads, 6,000 subscribers. Dude, none of these poultry numbers other guys are crowing about, man. We're like talking big numbers shit. We're putting stuff on the board. You know, I was thinking one the other day where somebody was saying, we, we, it was probably some of this Virginia gun control stuff where, where, where it, 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 people were, are, are like, you know, if he just made one more basket, he'd win the Super Bowl. It's like, what? You know, as soon as you guys, these people start like not having no clue, it's like you stop listening to them. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Thanks for supporting us. We will talk to you soon. Cheers.